I'm Fred Eichler, and welcome to the Everything Eichler podcast, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's. And today, pretty excited, I get to sit down and talk with one of my favorite people in the world. That's right, it's my wife. I get teased a lot. My buddies say that I married her because I wanted free broadheads, and yes, that was definitely part of it. But she's also beautiful, she's smart, she's a good mother, she's a great hunter, she's a great business partner, even though in business sometimes we argue, um, but that's business. And we also guide together, we play together. So she's got a pretty amazing, not only history herself, but family history. So hello, honey. Hi, honey. <laughs> wow, that was some introduction. Wow, I know, not too, not too shabby, huh? Yeah, I like that. Well, for people that know us, they know that this is a brand new thing for us. Uh, but we have gotten a lot of requests from people that you know, people that I know, people that we've hunted with, and even people in the industry that said, you know, you guys have kind of a crazy, interesting lifestyle, and we'd love you guys to do a podcast. So what's fun about it is, and I've always liked when I listen to them, is learning about somebody's learning tips about either hunting or about their life or things that I didn't know. Or what the, what brought us to this point in our life. There you go. We've been in this for a long time and kind of had two different paths and they both came together, which was kind of cool. Oh, that's Aww. almost poetic the way you say that. <laughs> Very beautiful. So, so we go back a long ways, but I want to start out with your hunting history because this is one of the things that I, you know, loved about you is the fact that None of this was new to you. This right. was something that you grew up with. So why don't you talk a little bit um, about, you know, your history. And I guess let's start out with you as a young girl. Because really you look a, the same in a lot of ways. you got that big old smile. And people can look at pictures of you as a little girl. And re a lot of people don't recognize pictures of little kids. And now you are very recognizable. Pictures of you. And we should show that picture when we introduce this. But there's there's pictures of you as a little girl and pictures yeah. of you now. And people go, oh, 100% sure that's Michelle. Yeah. Now, me, I look so different even weekly. Yeah, the whole mullet thing when you're a kid just hey, throws everybody up. off. That was cool at the time. You know that. <laughs> you had an 8-track cassette in your car. I did. Hear. I did. All right. So start out with your family history. I think people will find this very interesting. Well, um, actually, our hunting history goes way back to my grandfather. Um, my dad grew up in New York, uh, was born in Brooklyn, and they on the weekends they used to go up to, you know, the Catskills. So uh, he used to get ten cents for every groundhog he would shoot from the local farmers. So my dad hunted from a young boy. Um, his grandfather or his father, my grandfather, was uh, quite the wing hunter. Like he loved to wing shoot. Um, so when my mom and my dad got married, uh, my dad had never hunted with a bow. And for an anniversary, my mom went to Cougar Sports in New York, and John was there. I used to see him at the ATA shows all the time, and bought him a recurve bow and gave it to him for one of their anniversaries. So he started hunting with a recurve, upstate New York, um, became very successful harvesting. The local game warden couldn't believe somebody could be that successful harvesting deer with such a primitive weapon. Um, I got it. He thought he was poaching them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and the funny thing is one time um, he act the game warden stuck his finger in the hole. Um, of a deer thinking, your dad thinking, took? Thinking it had a bullet in it instead of a broadhead and cut his finger on the broadhead. <laughs> so, um, That's a cool story. Yeah, that was very interesting. 
Um, so, uh, you know, my dad um, always hunted then with a bow and uh, went to Alaska 22 times, just absolutely loved it. So when my brother and I were growing up and we, my dad, my parents bought the farm in upstate New York, um, even before I could hunt, every weekend we'd pack up the car and we'd drive up to the country, which was upstate New York, and my dad would go hunting and us kids and mom would hang out. So I give my mom a lot of credit because she really supported that, even though at that time she didn't hunt. Um, so our kids, you know, as kids, we were always in the outdoors. We used to go out back when we built tree stands with <laughs> two by fours and plywood, oh, yeah. you know, and we'd hang out at the bottom of the tree. And I remember before we could hunt, my dad would take us out and he'd sit up on the tree stand and we'd sit at the base of the tree and he'd have a string and it would be tied to either my hand or Johnny's hand. And if he saw a deer coming, he'd tug on it to let us know that a deer was coming so that we would pay attention instead of playing um and it was and very stop it was, moving and stop moving it was it was awesome it was a great way to grow up it was um so I always thought when I took up bow you know actually shooting my recurve we still have the original recurve I started with it's yeah. 12 we pounds still shoot that today still shoot it that archery kids, tag archery tag and the kids actually shot it when they grew up um, you know, we shot recurves when I was a girl and I thought all little girls did that because that's what we did. I didn't know little girls didn't play in the woods and, and shoot bows. So, well, I think it's fascinating because your dad started off as a rifle hunter. Yep. And then if it wasn't for your mother, yep. who is a pretty awesome lady herself, yep. and we'll probably talk about her too, but it wasn't for your mother. He may not have ever got into bow hunting. That's and if correct. your dad had not, let's take this a step further. Yeah. Has your dad never got into bow hunting? He may have never invented the muzzy broadhead. That is absolutely true. So it's interesting Think how... Think of how many people would have lost animals without your dad. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, it is interesting how you how life kind of takes you on these, you know, these paths that... Um, Different journeys. Yep. That kind of, you know, make your life go in that direction and, and all the cool things that happen. You never know. So talk about your dad and muzzy. So a lot of okay. people, some people know and, and some people mm -hmm. don't, but your family history besides... Your dad being a great fisherman and outdoorsman mm -hmm. and also cooking. That's a big part of your life. Oh, yeah. A lot of people love to hear your cooking stories, but yeah. don't know that your dad, and I know I'm jumping all over the place yeah. here, but your dad started out you in, know, the really in the restaurant business, business. In New York. That's right. So um, before Muzzy ever, he actually retired from the restaurant business in his 60s. Um, and that's how Muzzy ended up coming along after he had retired out of the restaurant business. So he just hunted recreationally, took us hunting, enjoyed hunting. Um, and uh, back in the 70s, the early 70s, mom and dad went to Africa. Um, dad shot a Cape Buffalo, put um, five perfect shots into it. And if anybody knows about Cape Buffalo, they have overlapping ribs. Look too close. They come close. We're come super close, thick. Very yep. thick and, and uh, ended up hitting a rib each time with every shot. The buffalo went down. They congratulated each other, thought it was down. It got up, and it charged them. Um, and the PH at the time handed my father a rifle, and he shot it, and it skidded to their feet before it died. So um, if anybody has seen the picture of my dad actually there with the bow and the rifle in his hand by the, by the buffalo, came back and was very dissatisfied and started trying to come up with a way to invent a broadhead that would have busted the bone of the buffalo. Because the broadhead curled, did it not? I'm, yeah, the I, tip of the, the broadhead. Name of the broadhead right. but back then, the broadhead he used, if I remember the story mm -hmm. right, you it correct. was a leading edge broadhead that, yeah. and the tip of it curled. Yes. Um, so he was very dissatisfied and 
that's where his mind started to go to work. He had retired from the restaurant business and decided he was going to uh, try to come up with a better broadhead. But I also respect your dad because the picture that I saw, he had a gun and, and the, the bow. bow. Yep. He wouldn't take the picture with just the bow because even though he shot it perfectly with the bow and it would have died had the broadhead performed properly, mm-hmm. he knew, you know what I mean, this was an animal that you know yep. ended up you know, being killed by a rifle, so he had a picture with both, and I always yep. thought that was cool. Um, but your dad then decided to come up with a broad, better broadhead <laughs> yeah. to build a better mousetrap. And I love the story, and you've told the kids all know it, but tell people the story about, remember your dad came running out of Oh, where? my goodness. Yeah, out of the bathroom. He had just... <laughs> he was taking a shower? Is he was that taking right? a shower. We were, we were in Florida, at the house in Florida, and, you know, he had come out of the shower and for some reason, you know, I was sitting there talking to my mother about something and I started to say something to him and he's like, no, 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 don't talk to me. I got to write something down. And, uh, it was okay. So he's but like, he had a towel around. He had a towel <laughs> around. Yeah, he did have a towel around. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Good. And, uh, he told, he, he literally said, don't talk to me. And so I stepped out of the room. He got dressed. He went down into his office and he drew out the plans for a muzzy broadhead. That is so cool. And yeah. you still, I saw your little archival little files and stuff, and they've mm-hmm. got some With incredible drawings. old drawings. Yep. And those are the original ones, right? That's those what your his. dad kind of put together in your dad's handwriting. Yep, that's exactly right. And uh, from then we started actually producing broadheads in 1984. 1984. Um, yep, I was and out of college for two years. I had, I rode horses competitively. A lot of people don't know that. Um, back through high school and, and college, I rode competitive hunters and jumpers. Uh, graduated from college in 82 and dad started Muzzy in 84 and I had a finance degree and I said I want to go to work for you and that's how that all started. What's the biggest jump you ever made with a horse? Uh, Six foot oxer which means it was six foot high six foot wide Mm -hmm. so it was. That's unbelievable I jumped over one tree and that was enough to scare the heck out of me so imagine that jumping over a six foot barricade with a horse and that's why she's such a good horse rider today but I think that's really cool. And I met a guy, just a little side note. Do you remember when I was hunting in uh, Illinois? Mm-hmm. I was hunting with some guys in Illinois and a guy. Oh, that's right. I was talking to this guy and he goes, oh, my goodness. He said, I doubt your wife remembers me. He said, but I met her when she was going to college and she was working cleaning horse stalls. Yep. And I was like, uh, I don't know. You know, you, are you sure it was my wife? And he goes, yep. He said, because I followed Michelle's career, and he said, she was cleaning horse stalls. He said, cute as a button. She was braiding horses' tails mm-hmm. and all this. He said, and me and her got to talking. He said, and here was this gal working in the in the horse stalls. And when I asked where she was going to school, she told me, and I said, well, you know, uh, somehow the conversation your dad must have got come up. dad, yeah. Yeah, because he said, uh, what does your dad do for a living? And he said, well... So when I asked her, she said, well, my daddy makes uh, arrowheads. <laughs> he <laughs> thought that was so cool. And that, you know, from having met you when you were cleaning horse stalls to today, mm-hmm. you know, watching not only your dad's invention take off, because at the time nobody had heard of a muzzy broadhead. That's right. And then you running it and becoming a successful hunter. So I always thought that was a really cool story about that. Yeah, it is pretty cool, actually. And muzzy went through... Some tough some hard times. times. And I think this is a cool story because your dad had actually done really well. And I know you don't like talking about it a lot, but I'm going to keep bringing up stuff that I know. So mm-hmm. it, it'll it'll jog the memory. But your dad retired from the restaurant business, yep, like you very mentioned. Very successful. Very successful. He yep. had done well. He probably could have retired. Could have. Yeah, but absolutely. 
Did he not put everything he had into this? Everything he made selling the restaurant. Everything, every house. He mortgaged your house. house. Mortgaged both houses and took every bit of that money and put it on the line to start Muzzy Broadheads in his 60s. Think think how scary that must have been for your dad. You know, and I wish he was still here, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean, to talk to about that. But, you know, we've talked to your mother about it. But two kids, Mm -hmm. you had a successful business, you were set up. Country club life in the Florida Keys. Oh, yeah. And then decided to put everything on the line to start a broadhead company. And didn't he almost lose everything? We almost did. did, Didn't he almost go bankrupt? Absolutely, we did. Um, It took us five years to turn a profit. And I remember, because he had built the restaurant business from nothing. Um, Dad was a hard worker and smart. Hard worker. My my dad and mom, when they first got married, lived lived in a one-room apartment that had no kitchen. And my mom did dishes in the in the bathroom but wasn't there also wasn't your mother's mother even listen living yeah, with them my so there mother, was three people in slept, one bedroom she <laughs> slept in the bed and they slept on the floor with the dog yeah so they start from very humble beginnings and so i you know as a young woman seeing my dad start this business i would become discouraged and you know i never saw the light at the end of the tunnel and he knew you know he said well it's like pushing this big heavy ball up a hill and you finally get it to the top and then it will roll down and make it, it gets easier and he was right it took us five years um, I remember you know boy, just trying to get to five o'clock every day so people wouldn't ask me about paying the bills and we would only take paychecks if they were going to shut the lights off and <laughs> it was pretty rough we never let anybody on to that you know we always put the brave face on that everything was great and things were going well but um, when we finally did get the ball to the top of the hill after five years, um, things really did start to roll. And um, I remember the year we came out with the three-blade broadhead in 1992, um, we actually had so many orders, we had to stop taking orders halfway through the year because we knew we couldn't produce the amount of broadheads that people were ordering. And from then on, it, it took off. That's so, so cool to me. And, uh, and I'm sorry, but you got to tell the story because you skipped over the really oh, cool the story to me. Oh, the tomato sandwich here, well, as I call them. <laughs> yeah, you guys, I mean, and I guess I just want people yeah. to understand that because I think it's a cool story of Americana and, and, and your dad, really, you know what I mean? And your mother, of course, the whole family. Oh, yeah, she supported the whole thing. But your father, literally, uh, to me, that's just frightening, you know what I mean? With he kids a and a family. He was entrepreneur. But he <laughs> almost lost everything he had. He was mm-hmm. He was down to... You know, I, I think you. Even, there was a time you when you told me that your mother couldn't afford to even get her hair cut. Didn't you have to tell your mother nails, she couldn't go to the? Her nails done. Yeah, I. Sorry, mom. I, I can't literally. Afford for you to yeah, get your there nails was. Done. I remember there was a time when I literally said, "I don't know how we're going to pay the mortgage next month." That that this is the first time my parents are going to lose their. House. My parents are going to probably lose their house because it's we just don't have the money and I don't see the money coming in. And miracle of miracles, we made it. And tell them about that first order. I'm oh. sorry, you got to say, because I love this story with the phone call and how you, you kept misunderstanding. Well, <laughs> because I couldn't what? believe it. So actually, it was, D- it was Dick's Sporting Goods. Um, and Dick's Sporting Goods, a lot of people may not know, started as just uh, an archery shop in New York, um, just like a lot of archery shops nowadays. How Did, long ago are we talking? Here? Oh, in the, in the mid-80s. And this is back when Dick's had one store. One store in New York, and um, we had sold them, I think... I don't know, 10, maybe five packages of broadheads, literally five packages of broadheads. And so back they then, tried you guys out. They, so they just tried us out. And I was in the office, um, Shirley Bonamy, who had worked for Bear Archery, Bear Archery and, yeah. and Fred Bear was his executive secretary. She was my mentor at the time, and she came to work for us and helped us get Muzzy started. 
and uh, the phone rang and I was like, you know, good morning, Muzzy Products. This is Michelle. How may I help you? And uh, this person wanted to reorder some broadheads. And they, they said they wanted to order 15 or uh, 50 packs of broadheads. And I kept thinking they were saying 15 because I could not imagine anybody wanting to order 50 packs <laughs> of broadheads. And they, f I, they were getting kind of frustrated with me because I was like, like one five and they're like, no, five oh. <laughs> so I hung up and I was like, oh my God, we just got a reorder for 50 packs of broadheads. So it's interesting to see where Dick's Sporting Goods is now and then where, you know, where we, we've come to now and, um, you know, how Muzzy grew and, um, those were very, very humble beginnings, to say the least. But your dad had so much faith yep. in the in the design. Yep. And the Muzzy brought it. And that, to me, was what's so cool. And I've got to tell my little story about your dad because I was working in a little archery shop, which yes. is where I met you. That's correct. As you came in, it was a couple times because the first time I met your dad, it was just your dad that stopped in. And he was it was almost like he was doing a little market research or something. But he came mm -hmm. in to the little archery shop I was in. And he gave me some of the brass tipped, or I saw brass tip, but the gold tip. The gold you know tip, the one twenty five. The the muzzies. Yep. And it was such a smart thing to do because he came in. Here I'm, this you know, gosh, I can't remember, seventeen or eighteen year old kid in this little archery shop, and your dad's like, oh, you like to hunt? I'm like, oh yes, sir. I, I I'm 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 a bow hunter, and you know. I'd shot one animal with a bow or something, you know, two, <laughs> I was in Gainesville, two Florida, animals with right? a bow yeah. at that time. And uh, he's like, well, I've got some broadheads I, I'd really like you to try out. And and he gave me a couple of these muzzies. And I'm mm -hmm. like, wow. And he, at the time, I had no idea that he had shot moose and deer and, you know what I mean, caribou and all these different and animals. And grizzly bear at that you know, point. You know, grizzly yeah. bear. I, I had no with idea he had all this experience because he never talked about himself. He was more interested in like, you know, here, I want you to try these out and you, you let me know what you think of them. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. And he came back in and I had shot a deer with one of his muzzies and I was so excited to tell him the whole story. Like, oh my gosh, you know, and he listened to it like it was the coolest, you know, grizzly bear exotic <laughs> hunt, you know, he'd ever heard of. And that was really cool. And it hooked me not only on the broadhead because of course I, you know what I mean? Shot my first deer, you know what I mean? Or with one of muzzy, my first deer yeah. with a, with a muzzy. It was my first deer. I shot my very first deer with a muzzy broadhead, but yeah, I hadn't killed a deer at that time. That's where I shot my first deer with was a muzzy. Mm -hmm. But your dad was super interested in the story, but it hooked me not as much on the product as it did on the man. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I was impressed with the product because of course killed deer with it, but your dad was like such a cool guy. He it was, was like, amazing. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. And then you came in later to the store one time with him, and I was like, oh, pretty hot <laughs> chick. I was shallow. All right, I was shallow. <laughs> what? I'm, I'm, not, I'm way better today. But at the yeah. time, I was shallow, and it was just strictly a hot, and that was cool. And your dad had broadheads, which was another huge bonus. But, yeah. you know, the, the fact that you guys made it through that. Our, I called it our toma tomato sandwich years because yeah. literally there was a grocery store, Publix, right next to the store you worked at. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. And we used to go there and buy a loaf of bread and a four-pack of tomatoes, and that was what we ate for lunch every every day um, because we couldn't afford a whole lot more. We were trying to grow the business. Oh. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough That's years. why you still grow tomatoes, isn't I, it? Yeah, and I actually still <laughs> love tomatoes. Because if things go bad, you yeah, know, I, know we'll, I can go back we'll to be okay with, with yep. sandwiches and, and tomatoes. Well... <laughs> And it's kind of funny because although, like, you know, our our lives, of course, and our lives together, 
um, have grown and and oh, the, yeah. and the boys and you know what I mean, Jeb and 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 Seth and Trent, but you ran Muzzy when your yep. father passed. Your father got cancer. What year did he get cancer? Uh, he passed away in 1996. 96. All right. right. Try not to get upset. I know this is a toughie for you now. Close mm-hmm. you were with your dad. But your dad passed in 96, pancreatic yeah. cancer. Really tough for the whole family. Oh, sorry. Gallbladder cancer. Really tough for the whole family. You guys all stood by him. You and your mother took care of him. Yeah, you know we did. I mean? took care of your father. Yeah, it was a um, tough your year. Your brother, you guys were all there for him and, yep. and took care of, of your dad. And what was cool is... is you and your brother continued to run Muzzy mm-hmm. after your dad passed, and you were basically what? What do you always say? You were the oh, what was I, the check with Eagle thing with you and your brother that always made me laugh? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so it was I. He was the CEO. I was the chief operating officer. But um, yeah, so we used to say CEO and check Eagle's opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so I just think that that history. It's so cool. And, and uh, you know, I think it's horrible you guys lost your father because he's such a great man. Such a big influence on your life, oh, Johnny's yeah. life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Of a course, lot of people's lives that I didn't mother, even, yeah, and, and, yeah, I didn't even pe- know about until after he passed. People would come up and say, you know, your dad was amazing. I, a guide from Alaska that guided him was like, I just, I want you to know that when I heard he passed, I went up on the mountain and sat for a day just thinking about him because he was such a huge influence in my life. And it really... It really is heartwarming to know, you know, what a positive influence he was. He touched a lot so of people's people. lives. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought that was really cool. And I want to give you a ton of credit because that's a huge thing taking over that business. Your father passed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you and your brother were both running it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You guys were both in the top positions of that company. And you guys made some decisions that, that really impressed me. And a lot of people I don't think know about it. You were really pushed um, so when the first open on impacts started yep. coming out and I know you wouldn't bring this up, but I am cause I thought it was really cool. There was a lot of issues with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was mechanical failure. There were, you know, there were, there were animals that, you know what I mean? That weren't harvested cleanly. There were some issues with some of those, sure. you know, mechanical heads and mechanical heads. A lot of people don't know were tried, you know what I mean? Way back Years in the sixties, I think, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Maybe in the late fifties, there were, there were type of mechanical heads that would just open or, or rotate or like the pizza cutter that had a roller wheel in the <laughs> middle. You know, they had another one that kind of scissored out. So those, that type of a design had been tried before, but it failed. The mm-hmm. the broadheads that had continued to to thrive and do well, um, you know, were ones like you know Muzzy Thunderhead was another great mm-hmm. broadhead. Satellite had different broadheads. A lot of people took you know animals with those. Wasp Wasp was another great mm-hmm. one. Yep, good point. Bear, you know, will we'll sure. not only had a great broadhead, but we'll always have a good broadhead. But your dad, your dad's design was different. It was really cool, mm-hmm. and it the was locking system of the blades was right. Mm-hmm, the patent. Yeah. yeah, the patent was huge, and it was different than anything that was really out there. So your dad, and it, I think it's so cool that he knew in his mind it would work, and we had just talked about this, but he put every single thing on the line because he had that much faith in his product. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, that's just that that's a story of bravery and, and, and a story of really having faith in, in what he had. And I think it's really cool it took off. But to circle back, after your father passed, you and your brother continued to run that company and mm-hmm. and you you know the last last few years by yourself really mm-hmm. but you know as johnny went other directions and did other things but you and johnny made some great decisions for the company even in the future without your father's direction at all and one was i was a part of that you know our lives kind of mm-hmm. branched apart yeah you, know you I mean? went you moved I, out to, I colorado moved to colorado when you were what uh, 
1920 uh, somewhere something in there. Like I was yeah. like, I'm out. You know, Florida's yeah. great, but you know what I mean? I'm going to be up in the mountains. So I took off. You know, you stayed running the company. We were always friends. We'd go out to dinner at every ATA show. I was kind oh, of yeah. friends with the family. Yep. And then our lives got back together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you brought and, me. And Jeb and Seth and I moved to Colorado. Came came yep. out there and, and took the leap of faith. <laughs> <laughs> and good, it's been good the leap for both of us. Best decision we've ever made, for sure. Um, so blessed every day to wake up in Colorado uh, with this amazing family that we've created, right? Look at those Trent look at those mountains. But yep. I what's cool for me is I got to watch you make a lot of business decisions. Mm-hmm. And one thing that you always got hit on was please come up with an open on impact broadhead. And right. I won't name the I won't name the stores, but there were a lot of big box stores and a mm-hmm. bunch of different companies that were really pushing, pushing you. Us, yeah. You know what I mean? You come out with any open on impact style you'll broadhead. We're going to buy, you were getting guarantees. We're going to buy this many of them. If you'll just put Muzzy's name on this or come mm-hmm. up with something. And you guys have decided not to do it. And strictly on the fact that you didn't think it was good for the industry. You didn't think it was good for the animals because your comment mm-hmm. to me one time, and I thought it was so cool. <laughs> you said, we don't have a design good enough yet to put to the, put muzzy, the name muzzy name on it. Yep. And I was like, that's so cool. And you had commented cause you're a big hunter. You've yeah. traveled, you've shot caribou and moose. A lot of people don't know this about you, but you know, you've harvested sick deer. You've harvested uh, you know, animals all over the country and a ton of them with your bow, including big stuff in Africa and mm-hmm. all over the place. But I had so much respect for you because it wasn't at all about the money. No. You were like, you know what, man, think about the guy that, you know, maybe has saved up for 10 years. Because I remember you talking about this. Yeah, and and so any hunter that would go out there and, and maybe it was the, you know, hunt that he saved or she saved for, uh, just like here, uh, elk hunting in Colorado, right? And they come out here and their broadhead lets them down. I don't want to take that phone call. It's not worth any money in the world because I'm a hunter and I understand, you know, what you put into something like that. So um, the technology wasn't there at the time um, for me to feel comfortable to put the muzzy name on it. And we never did. Um, so we just, we ran the company with as much integrity and um, thoughtfulness to who our customer was and, and what they expected from us. And that's what we did. I thought that was really cool. And another thing, and I've got to share this because I thought it was really cool. You were, I believe, the first woman on the ATA board. Um, I be- I'm not sure if I, I think I was the first, but I know I was the first um to definitely be on the executive committee and then the first chairman of the board. Um, And I was very proud that um, my fellow industry professionals, um, which at that time were all other men on the board, they voted me as chairman. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. That was a a big vote of confidence and and made me feel good that they respected me. Some of the top -hmm. top manufacturers in in our industry Mm -hmm. voted to put you in that position. And I know it was really cool for me. Chairwoman of the board. Chairwoman. <laughs> chair chairperson. Chairperson. Chair whatever. I'm not I'm not a woman's liver, so call me whatever. <laughs> it's the same deal. <laughs> but uh, Greg Easton said something to me that one time that was really, really cool. And he actually said, She is so smart. He said she's such a great business person. And I was like, That's really cool. That's really cool to hear. So, you know, that's another guy that I respected yeah. in the industry. And he had sat in a lot of meetings with you and uh he said you were tough and you know what i mean you would certainly stand your ground which god knows i know yeah um, you you're not a pushover <laughs> <laughs> and, but 
but no, it was cool to hear that from other people. But you've you've done. A lot I of had cool a lot stuff. of great mentors in this industry, you know, including my dad and Shirley Bonamy, who um, helped me, you know, learn how to run an office. And I'd never I rode horses, and I got a finance degree, and then I ended up running Muzzy eventually. So. And then the next step yeah. was. And and I was there when you turned down a lot of offers. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And and your mother, I mean, a lot of people, some of my buddies, you know, when you were getting offers, it was like, I was like, yeah, somebody else trying to buy Muzzy. And they were like, oh, man, I hope she sells it. You guys will score huge. I'm like, mm, no, her mom owns it. Really. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Was selling her brother up a little. But, you know, what was really cool to me is you got a ton of offers and you kept turning them down. No, no, no. We were and never for sale. You no, know, you yeah. guys never, ever advertised selling Muzzy. But you got... And, and you take this over, but you got an offer um, to buy from a company, Faradine. Um, uh, actually, at the time, it was Camelon. And well, they, Camelon. Right, and it, they had bought Rage. Um, and then they formed Faradine to be the parent company of the brands they were buying. So started out as Rage, and then they added Muzzy. And Block. Right? And Block Targets. Block? And now they've added a whole bunch of other uh, brands since then. So... On 2012 is when we sold, and uh, I'm very proud of the fact that I can look up to heaven and tell my dad that my mom was very well taken care of. Um, so that was that was very important to me that she never had to worry in her golden years. I, w- I was very loyal to the people who helped us. It was a team. There was no doubt about it um, at Muzzy. Uh, there was never a job there that I wouldn't do. Um, and everybody there knew it. If there was something tough like having to stay up all night to pack orders because we were behind. I always volunteered, and I was the one that in the morning when they came in, I'd been up all night packing boxes. I was always proud that I was the fastest to dispense blades, um, but I had a lot of respect of the people that worked with us, and uh, we never would have gotten where we got without them. You know, it's really cool for me to see Faradine carrying on. They didn't change the name. It's mm-hmm. Muzzy. You know what yeah. I mean? They're proud to, you know, to still be associated with you. And I think that's really cool mm-hmm. that Muzzy has continued to carry that torch. And they're still selling the original Muzzy, Muzzy truck ahead that your yeah. dad invented. And it's so cool to see the boys, whether it's Jeb or Seth or the or youngest Trent. Trent, go, my dad. My grandpa. <laughs> you yep. know, yeah, my grandfather invented this broadhead. And how cool is this? So, yeah. and when you say it, like, my dad invented mm-hmm. the broadhead on the end of this arrow and i think that is that's really cool stuff so now muzzy's faradine yeah and and we're still we're still, still supporting, muzzy. supporting muzzy and they support us and uh it's it's great to be able to continue to carry on that torch and um, your life has changed because yes, it did. you but married an outfitter i married an outfitter that you hunted with yep came out hunting with you and uh uh, and how did you not just fall in love instantly? Uh, I well, it took a while, but oh man, <laughs> see, it was love at first sight for me when you walked in the archery shop, but it took you like a while. I see, <laughs> but mine but was more of a shallow love. <laughs> Starts with L. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know what? Um, raising and and you know how this has been. How our life has been so blessed. Um, we grew our business together after that oh, yeah. you had the, the outfitting, outfitting business, business. Was, was great but you definitely yep. stepped in and and mrs business helped me run it as a business because uh-huh. i would take everybody hunting for free if i could <laughs> and you told me that i can't <laughs> you know well, yeah I, not not I, in, and pay the mortgage right not to pay the bills and, and we lease a lot of places mm-hmm. um but i was and still am shocked at how easily you made that transition from the big boss lady you know what I mean? You were you're the you know you, you were the head of Muzzy mm-hmm. to to coming out here and then, you know, running 
uh, outfitting business, a ranch, and, and as we have, you know, a, a, as our lives as we've have grown this business. Well, and my, I have to, you have to remember, and we've said this to the boys, and and we know it. The harder you work, the luckier you get. So, no. you know, I have to say, you are probably one of the hardest working men I know, and I have thing, to be. I'm not very smart. I, <laughs> and what I appreciate, <laughs> though, is you know, raising the boys out here. Our th- the three boys are just, they have a really good work ethic. Um, we've always pushed them. We've always expected a lot from them. Um, and I think in this day and age, it's tough to raise kids. Maybe, I don't know yeah. about girls. I've never had any girls. But um, it's it's wonderful to see them thrive. And uh, even Trent at 14 now, you know, growing up in this. But the older boys, you know, becoming just respectful, great, hardworking young men is as a parent is very rewarding. And I think the majority of that has to do with, first of all, having such an incredible father figure in you um, and being raised out on a ranch where, you know, animals need being fed and you get up early and you work hard and, and then you see the fruits of your labor basically. So um, getting away from the video games and the the TV all the time, which is funny since we have a TV show, but (laughs) we, we, we didn't want to watch TV yeah. all the time. We didn't watch them play video games all the time. And yeah. one of the best things I think we did was Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday, Sunday. in our house. No was, electronics. Uh, no electronics. No TV. Yeah. No video games. No mm-hmm. cell phones. It was a, uh, you know, do what you want. And, and our, our kids have, you know, they go to school sometimes. And I mean, even Seth or mm-hmm. Trent or Jab would say, yeah. Well, the other Everybody kids, else gets to do it. <laughs> they get to do this, or you know, nobody else had to do a ton of chores. You know, our mm-hmm. kids would get up sometimes an hour before school, breaking ice on the cattle tanks, or and making sure the horses had water and the chickens had feed, and mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of stuff. Look at Trent last night. We had, you know, oh, I know. a we great a crew baby. in here from <laughs> OSG Remington, and you know, Trent was he was out there at ten o'clock at night checking on you know oh, one of our on mares Apple, yep. yep one of our mares had a little had a little foal last night and trent was kind of keeping us appraised like hey she just had the baby and you know i had to help it up and you know but it's nursing now and you know how many 14 year old kids have had to you know Do uh, yeah i'm gonna have to wait on my homework a little bit i gotta t- i gotta <laughs> help a foal stand up in the corral and make sure it's nursing you know until 10 30 11 at night so you know, yeah. they have all, I think they've gotten a good work ethic. I think it has helped the kids because living where we live, 35 minutes from the closest gas station, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of keep kind of keep track of the little rascals. Right. And, uh, and the other thing, as a mom, um, I think it's very satisfying to have your family know that they are so self-sufficient. So one of the things that we love, and you know this, is when we're all sitting around the table and everything on that dinner table came from something our our hands either grew or harvested um and to be able to be that self-sufficient not to have gone to a grocery store um and to provide the food on the table um you know we live a very self-sustaining life that if you know between the bees and the the bees and the cows and the vegetable garden and the wild game and you know we raise our own hay and And we raise our own cows and canning and you know going back to the basics um just pure clean hard working satisfying beyond compare way of life it's just wonderful exhausting sometimes sometimes it's It's hard work hard work but it's very uh, what do we always say it's not an easy life but it's a very blessed life that's true and and, and we say that a lot and one of the one of the cool things and, and i heard you repeat this and this was 
you've said this a lot, but when it comes to hunting, so our boys have all been involved in sports. We think that's great. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Great for them. It gives them good, you know, camaraderie, teamship, you know what I mean? Learning how to work together, mm -hmm. um, you know, as a team, you know what I mean? Right. And they've, they've all developed some great friends from that. But your take on hunting, whether it's with a bow, whether it's with a rifle, uh, or whether it's camping, as far as, you know, being able to be a part of that. So give people participating your, yeah, together. Give, give your people, <clears throat> you know, give give people your take on that because I think this is really a cool way of putting it. Right. As, as well, as a mom, um, as a family, we loved to go watch the boys play soccer. You know, Seth play baseball, Trent play baseball, or any of those team sports. We'd love to go watch them, but in that case, we were observers. We. You know, we got to watch the kids do, and they sh that's we're glad they did that. But the cool thing about hunting is whether you're, um, you know, five years old or 50 years old or, in my mom's case, in her 80s, it's something you can do together as a family. It's something we all participate in together. So nobody is an observer. Everybody is a participant, and it's something that bonds us together. Um, you know, that feeling when, you know, you release an arrow and you hit that target and there's nothing like it. And in my mom's case, to watch her the first time she ever shot a bow, because she hunted her, you know, from the time yeah. my parents were um, fairly newly married, um, but she had never shot a bow. All those years, my dad was a big bow hunter. She never shot a bow. It wasn't until he passed that we actually put a bow in her hand. And I remember the look on her face when she first let that first arrow go and hit the target. And she was like, wow, can you get me one of these? Well, your mom um, shot a Pope and Young Antelope at 75 years old. Yeah, it was I mean, pretty impressive. That's impressive. what a lot of people are putting down the bow. Your mom picked she it up. She was taking it up. It and that's awesome. what I mean about hunting. She was hunting at 89. Just the yeah, other day. Literally, the last day. week we had her out hunting. Even after her stroke. 89 yeah. years old. She had a Remington 87410. And, and was out in the field. And we're like, still determined impressive. to get her a turkey. She came close. She yep. came close. Hasn't, hasn't keep pulled that trigger yet. But I think But that's point. the point is that hunting in the outdoors brings families together. You know, too many times now with the electronics and, you know, if if you don't participate in the outdoors as together as a family, I think you lose that bond and uh, working together. And, you know, sports are great for kids. Love it. All of our boys have participated in organized sports. But when we go hunting, we all participate, and we're all together, and we work as a team. And teamwork makes the dream work, yeah, right? That, <laughs> but that's such a great—I I love that analogy. And I hope, you know, not to not to beat a dead horse, because I try not to do that after they're dead. But <laughs> no, <laughs> but I mean, seriously, you look at it and you go, "That's an argument for you know." If I had to choose, you know, and, and a lot, I think a lot of parents are faced with, "What do we do?" You know what I mean mm -hmm. with our kids, or how do we stay close with them? How do we bond with our children? And, and I think that's getting harder and harder in life today as, you know, you have... Electronics take over. Yeah, iPads electronics and, and iPads and, and the busy lives that people have, no matter where they live, you know what I mean? But usually you have mothers in the family that work. Work, yeah. Fathers in the family that work. Kids that are involved with, of course, school and their social activities. And then the TVs and the video games take a part of it. That really, if I had to choose, especially in the way that, that you put it, that makes total sense to me, um, between organized sports where you're... You're watching. You're, we're just observers. Mm -hmm. So whether cheerleaders, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, if Seth's if Seth's out there playing baseball, yeah, he's he's participating with his friends and he and they're playing baseball. But we're just observers. We're watching that. We're there to support him. But it may be from a hundred yards away or three hundred yards away. But the difference is, 
with hunting or canoeing or camping or fishing, everybody is an active participant together. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, like, you know, like you said, is one of the coolest parts that's, of it. That's quality time right there. Right, exactly. For sure. And yeah. it's great watching somebody play a game, and it's great supporting them and going, great job, or, hey, work on this or work on that, or, you know what I mean, when the coach said to do this, you know what I mean, I hope you pick that up. But to do it all together yeah. is Yeah, and really truly cool. share a passion right. from from the same perspective. From no. the participant perspective is instead of the participant and the observer. And it's not that important that the kids even, and we've never pushed hard. I don't think it's that important. And we've never felt that, that the kids even hunt, fish, you know what I mean? You know, skin animals, whatever. That's not true. I would have freaked out if none of them did, but fortunately they <laughs> did. But I mean, you know, it, we, we never pushed them like you have to hunt, you have to fish. You know, I think they, they naturally, you know, naturally took to it. But I think, you know, no matter what part that they participated in, even if it was just the eating of the animal or, you know, like Trent mm-hmm. sometimes is like, oh, man, it's way too cold. I'm not going duck hunting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're not like, you that's have fine. to go duck hunting. You know, yeah, we, that's fine. we've tried to gently let them go when they wanted to go or be involved with things they wanted to do. You know, okay, mm-hmm. if you want to skin it, you know, great. But if you harvest it, you are going to skin it. Right. And, and we've never, ever, ever um, – talked anything about how big the animal was there's no competition to shoot the biggest or the this or the that our our thing was always thanking whoever put the meat on the table so um putting the meat on the table providing the food for the family that was always the you know that was always the prize that was always the thing that we thanked them for um we never really talked about wow you shot a really big something or you didn't you shot a doe and didn't shoot a you know to us it's can't putting meat can't eat the antlers it's putting meat on the table so they've they've learned to love it and and have a great passion for it which is wonderful we can all share it together well it's fun and it's one of the, one of the reasons that i think you know we're so close but i hope i hope everybody got a little bit of a feel and of course it's tough when you're talking with your wife cuz you bounce all over the place even mm. worse than usual i mean i'm always that you know squirrel <laughs> but you know I, I bounce all over the place when it comes to stories and especially when i'm when i'm sitting here with my wife but it's 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 cool and i hope everybody that's listening got a little bit of a feel um about my wife and her history you know that was involved in fishing that was involved in hunting the shooting sports you know what i mean mm-hmm. from your grandfather and your father and your mother still participating today yeah and in all types shotguns rifles bows fishing rods and then of course your family history with muzzy you know and that's really it's really a cool history so thanks for sharing that i know you're not a you're not a braggart in any way and never have been but i think it's such a cool story to tell that i I hope everybody enjoyed learning a little bit about michelle's history um in the outdoors thanks thanks for listening in Hey, this is Fred Eichler and Michelle Eichler. We hope you enjoyed it. Stay tuned for some more Everything Eichler podcasts.